0: Light like Grey Art Lab podcast. I'm Lindsay Noel.
1: And I'm Chris Heine.
0: And this week we've got something a little different for you. A couple weeks back we went to Japan on an amazing journey through all of the wilderness and the cities and uh, temple sales and all sorts of other crazy things in the southern part of Japan. So, before we get to that, we have a couple things coming up here at Light like Art Lab. This Friday, we've got the Botanica opening, and if you haven't heard anything about that, it's a show with over 120 artists that are featuring all sorts of cool stuff dealing with botanicals, Earth origin stories, and things of the like, Uh, so definitely stop by and check that out from 7 to 10 p.m. We also have another game night coming up one of these days, don't we, Chris?
1: Yep, I don't have the date off the top of my head, but it's two weeks from the last one. So keep an eye on the blog or the websites and whatnot, and you'll find out about that soon.
0: I'm sure we will. And we also have a couple calls for art brewing in the background here. I'm sure at one point I'll put those up. But again, another warning for anybody that's been interested in participating in one of those. Definitely have a couple coming up that are pretty cool. So we have some travel trips coming up here in the next couple months that we're really looking forward to and to kick some of that off and kind of travel travel journals is that what you would call them chris uh
1: this podcast i call it a travel diary Ooh, a diary. Up, so
0: so we've got some of our um, interesting moments from our trip to japan recorded in kind of a on-the-go fashion we've got a good series of podcasts to start for you over the next couple of weeks so without further ado japan diaries part one Today's Saturday, March twelfth, and we're sitting here in Nishinomiya, Japan. Correct. Correct. Did I do it right?
1: Uh, Nishinomiya, yeah.
0: So, it's been a, <laughs> a long time coming. Back in two thousand nine, we received a wonderful, kind note from the Grubels, uh, one of Chris's family friends that he's had since middle school, and they said, Fourth "Hey, grade. if you've ever, if you're ever in Japan." We'll get you a rail pass. And we said, wow, what a cool thing. We should go directly to Japan. And then years passed. Years and years and years and years and more years passed. Seven years. Seven whole years passed. And we finally took them up on their offer. So here we are in Japan, sitting in a beautiful room decorated with tons of pottery. A beautiful... What is this thing you're wearing, Chris?
1: Um, I don't remember what it's called. A house robe? It's not... It's kind of like a... Padded mini kimono.
0: <laughs> is it a mini kimono because you're humongous or is it a mini well, kimono? Well, no, because oh. it's not long. It's like oh, okay. waist length. All right. Okay. I was going to say, I feel like everything is built for people that are not six foot five or whatever, but it's, it, it's very flattering. I like it. You should get one. Pretty cool. Yeah. So, but we're sitting here and, and we've had an incredibly eventful day and a half. Um, well, we,
1: like four days now.
0: Well, okay. If you count
1: all the travel time.
0: Let's go way back. And, um, you know, it's been interesting taking a break from work time. And as you guys know, we have uh, three jobs that we work. Uh, We work at MCAD as adjunct faculty members, right? We work at Paper Bicycle as product designers. And then, of course, of course, we work at Gray Art Lab as whatever we are over there, right? Um... So finding time off from all the jobs has been really interesting, but you know what? It's spring break, so everybody's taking a break. Time to party. Time to party. So the way that we partied was we we got some tickets, and we spent a whole 19 and a half hours (laughs) on multiple airplanes uh, having a a delirious schedule.
1: Well, it was delirious because we got off to a bad start.
0: I thought it was a fine start.
1: Well, it was a bad start because we were like, okay, all we have to do is pack.
0: Yeah.
1: We had a checklist where we were like, we got to pack. We got to cut Chris's hair. We got to cut my hair. We have to go to class and teach. And then we have to instruct our friend who's going to be teaching our class in our absence and some other things. And we said, how long
0: could that take? And how long
1: could that take? Five minutes. And then uh, class lasted until about 10. Yeah. And then we gave me a haircut. 10 p.m. And we went out with our friend, and then mm-hmm. I packed, mm-hmm. and then it was about 2, 2.30 a.m. And
0: then I thought, why go to bed, because we're just going to have to be at the airport in two hours, so we should just go right now and have a good time.
1: Yep, so we just said, F it, let's just go to the airport two hours early for some reason.
0: And stand in the line. S-
1: well, I guess, yeah. It-
0: <laughs> <laughs> stand in the line, because the whole I airport was closed. I
1: didn't realize, yeah, those, those ticket counters shut down until...
0: You know, I don't think I did either. I feel like we were surprised. Until
1: 4 or 3.30? 3.30. 3.30 a.m. So we got there at 2.30 a.m., and they weren't open until 3.30 a.m., so we just stood.
0: Yeah. Well, that was my fault. But a bunch
1: of other people did, too, so we weren't the only
0: ones. No, we had good company, and everybody was very, very kind about it, but we finally got in, and um, so one of the things that has always been really hard to book some tickets to Japan is that... You look at the flight times, and it really is just unreal nineteen hours twenty hours twenty one twenty four hours sometimes, and you're sitting there thinking to yourself, like should I spend the extra cash on on getting you know maybe it's another hundred bucks or something and shaves a couple hours off and you're thinking, well, it's already nineteen hours maybe maybe it's not going to matter, but holy crap does it matter if you are ever <laughs> if you are ever faced with the choice of spending an extra hundred bucks um it's worth putting it on the credit card to save yourself some some interesting stuff. And you know what? And I can't even complain that much because it was a very comfortable flight. But it was a series of flights that lasted for like 40 years. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, one well, thing... Yeah.
1: I've done this trip twice now. This is my third time. And I, the one thing that keeps me from even thinking about it most of the time is the flight. because Thinking it is, about going, you mean? Yeah, it is painful. Well, I mean... I'm also 6'5", and planes are not made for me, so it's even more painful. (laughs) I almost had a panic attack just sitting in the chair that we were about to spend the next 12 hours in.
0: You were fine. You were fine. It
1: was so narrow. (laughs) My shoulders hung out into the aisle, so I got hit by every person and cart that went by. (laughs) And then it hung over into your seat.
0: You mm. hung over into my seat.
1: Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Oh. My shoulders oh, hung okay. over to your seat, <laughs> and my hips touched on both sides.
0: What a tight squeeze!
1: Of the chair, so I couldn't even shift my butt to the left or right an inch.
0: No, yeah, it's probably to keep you in, in place. Yeah, yeah. Well, the guy next to me was sleeping, and he was sleeping into my chair too. So we had a very cozy, cozy situation. But you know what I really liked, though. Is that I don't think I've had a meal on an airplane since this a long one time. Yeah, one time I went with my friend Adam and uh, we upgraded to first class because we, we had missed a flight or something like that. And there was no way to get home unless you were going to upgrade. And we we paid for it. They gave us a cheese platter to have those tiny little baby bell brown cheeses that are dipped in wax and yeah. then it was like two in the morning and some weird red eye and i look over to my right there's an ancient old man chewing on the wax just took a giant chump out of that giant chump yeah <laughs> a giant chump out of the, the, the baby bell cheese and that was a good memory so Anyway, it was the last time I had some airplane food, but it was great. I, we had a we had a crazy bento box. It was amazing. It yeah, was like well, a, I
1: didn't realize they were going to feed us so much. So before we yeah, even they did they fed that, us twice in L.A. We went stopped at Ink, Sack. Ink Sack. That's what it was called, mm. and had a banh mi sandwich and a Cuban sandwich because I was like, this is the last time we're going to eat for. You know, twelve or thirteen hours. hours, Yeah. and then we got on the plane and they proceeded to feed us forever the entire flight. Yeah, well, I we felt like all they all were never not serving food.
0: Yeah, they were constantly giving us food, and that was uh, fantastic. It was like my my dream come true, and it was all good food actually.
1: Yeah. It was like a, you said there was a bento box.
0: Yeah, you had some weird porridge thing. With I had a weird chicken porridge,
1: it. chicken porridge, or something but
0: like a seafood noodle,
1: seafood noodle breakfast,
0: breakfast, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome, and they
1: gave us like a little bit of candy,
0: a fancy candy,
1: fancy candy. I don't remember. There was something you can tell else too. We're
0: impressed too. by this fancy candy and other seafood breakfast. But yeah, no, it was it was it was really good. And you know, ugh, you're sitting there and you're in some weird clothes that are semi-comfy because you know you're going to be sitting there. But you you look around, every single person looks stylish except for you. I'm sitting here in my Minnesota sweatshirt.
1: Hey, uh, you got it at Walgreens I for did $5. For $5, yeah.
0: and I thought to myself, what a nice $5 deal. <laughs> I'm going to buy it. And I love Minnesota cuz I live there. But yeah, I look like a the super frumper sitting there and everybody else had high heels on for some reason. I was thinking like, what a horrible shoe choice for the next 19 hours. But people did it and they looked great doing it. So I don't know. I probably had like some some weird uh seafood breakfast all over my face too, which might have been good. Anyway, besides all that, we finally finally touched down in Tokyo and and um you know, it's it's interesting. We go to to Iceland a lot and the customs there um are really easy because basically there's just a hallway with nobody at the end of it. And you just yeah, walk sometimes
1: right through. Sometimes it's not even open, you just leave.
0: <laughs> yeah. They're like there's a sign that says don't do anything bad and you're like, "All right, then." But then um, we had a very short connection. Of course, it's also one of very few times where we can't read everything either. So we met another guy who had come from Nebraska or something like that, and he was going to go visit his brother, and he was having a panic attack, I think more than we were uh, going through customs. So we followed him, and he seemed to make it through okay. So we eventually hopped on our second flight and got all the way over to Osaka. Right?
1: Yeah, which is, I don't know. It was like a couple-hour flight from Tokyo.
0: Yeah, but it was great. We got I'm actually surprised
1: it as long as it was, but yeah.
0: It was really nice. And So we're here visiting the Grubles, um, and Chris, maybe you want to explain who they are and, and why we're here.
1: Sure, yeah. My, my One of my best friends that I met in fourth grade was Steve Grubel, and he had just moved to Stoughton, Wisconsin from Japan. He is not Japanese, but um, his parents have lived there a lot, and their parents have lived here as well. So they they've lived in America and Japan for a long time, Um, and he had been living in Japan. and He came to our school, and we became best friends. And then, so I know his parents because I spent a lot of nights there. and It is Mike and Ruth, and they are really nice. They're probably like some of the nicest people in the entire world. so when they offered for us to come to Japan, I didn't feel weird about it, even though they were my friends' parents from a million years ago. But I still that feel like... That sounds awesome. I'd go to anybody's
0: friend's parents' house.
1: From a million years ago.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I did. And we did. So we took yeah, them up on here. the offer. Yeah, we And uh, so Mike and Ruth have been living in Japan, because then Steve moved back in eighth grade. And they've been here since then, so I can't remember what year that was. But it's been 20 years 20 years. 20 years since then. So they've been here the last 20 years, and they were here before that for a, quite a while, too, and then they hopped back to America for a while, and then they came back. So total, I think they've been here at least maybe 30 years. Um, but they live in Nishinomiya. They teach at a college, Kansai Gakuin University. Um, so that is who they are, and that's that's. and they offered also to let us stay here, so we're at their house.
0: Which is beautiful.
1: Yeah, it's a really nice place, and it's amazing to have a home base um that we don't have to pay a bazillion dollars for
0: (laughs) (laughs) which is a perk but
1: and i have two people who speak japanese and can help us figure out how to get around before we go off on our own
0: and today's been a really interesting day and thank goodness for these guys because you know you really take it for granted that you can go to a place and that there's maybe some english somewhere on a sign somewhere And, um, we got the whole rundown today, and it's funny because, uh, we had all sorts of adventures, but the biggest thing that I took away from just traveling here is everything is very efficient and very orderly and very clean, and the the processes seem regulated (laughs) or something in a way that everybody regulates their own stuff, and it's just impressive. So, um... We, we've had a, an interesting um, little bit. So so it, we woke up this morning at an incredibly early time, something like 6.30 or 7 in the morning. 7 a.m., yeah. Uh, had some crepes. Which, which for us great. is incredibly early. It was incredibly early. And, and then we went to um, go and get our train passes. And as we're sitting there on the platform, the very first thing is um, I turn around and Mike is talking to a nice old man who's laughing and laughing and laughing about something. And he hands me a Polaroid of the front of a house with some information on the bottom. And I can't read any of it, of course, because it's all in Japanese. And Mike says, yeah, these guys went to Iceland. And he's pointing at us. And we're like, well, I did, what? yes, of course we did. And then we made a train friend with an old man. Because then he proceeded to want to talk about Chris's camera, and then he pulled out his camera, and then we laughed and laughed, and then we exchanged addresses, and now we're super friends.
1: And then we took pictures of each other.
0: Then we took pictures of each other. <laughs> <laughs> and then we were like, Mike, who's your friend? He's like, that's not my friend. I don't know that guy. And then he's like, what a fun time. And I was like, yes. He didn't yes. say,
1: that's not my friend. He said, I have never met this man before. That's but what he said. he is now my friend.
0: Yes. He, had, he was a fancy, a fancy first friend. So there's a really nice...
1: Well, he rode the train with us, too, so... He did! We spent a lot of he time... He
0: did. I'll send this man a postcard. And I had
1: to rewrite my email because...
0: You have bad handwriting. Because I
1: have ha- bad handwriting, so I kept rewriting it. Yeah. Trying to write it standing up on the train without anything on my hand. Yep. So...
0: It was quite awkward, but uh, <laughs> only, only Chris's end was awkward because that man was very happy. So... We ended up um getting our train passes and getting to see the inside of some of the stations as we headed over to um actually a, a place um what was a was the name of that place
1: It was called oh also this man's name was Rokoro Miyaki, possibly
0: yes, who knows who knows I
1: can't read it okay it seemed like that was what his name was,
0: yeah, and he was super nice. So we went um, and we took a couple trains and and switched around a little bit. We went
1: all the way through Osaka. And Osaka sprawls pretty far, actually. Um, It's a big, big place.
0: And we went all the way up until um, we ended up in an area that was a little bit more um, spread out and not not really rural.
1: It wasn't... Yeah, it was kind of...
0: But not quite as city-y.
1: It was still dense, but it was more... I don't know, living spaces than businesses, I guess.
0: The cool thing about all this is, you know, we're sitting watching out the window, and it it is incredible the kind of, of kind of like structural engineering that they have and how everybody's piece of land is tightly fitted against everybody else's piece of land. Um, The outsides of some of the houses are uh, relatively squarish, everything is very. Um, Unless it's a really old house. Everything that's a fairly new building looks um, very symmetrical in a lot of ways. Uh, Lots of stucco. um, Lots of tile on the outsides of buildings. Incredible tile roofs on some of the the buildings, too. But um, everybody's everybody's homes um on the way out there were kind of sandwiched next to each other it was really interesting there's a very very high walls everywhere kind of around the roads too which is very yeah very different
1: everyone's yard is even though it's very small like i'm talking feet yeah um you know just a i don't know, a smaller than a room i would say oh yeah um much smaller than a room, actually. Um, they still have walls kind of built around everything, so it's very private. Yeah. Um, but it gives, yeah, it gives the street kind of this strange appearance where uh, there's no,
0: like the street is sort of isolated. The street
1: is kind of isolated by walls on every side.
0: And it's interesting. And Mike was telling us that there are wild boars that come down and just wreck people's yards. Well, that's specifically
1: for... here because oh. the college is on a mount on the side of a mountain. Oh. So I don't think that's. Everywhere in Osaka, it's just, like, this area of Nishinomiya, um, where the college is, and, and, because the mountain's right behind
0: us. Oh, is that what was going on? Well, I was like, wild boars, that sounds crazy.
1: Yeah, so it's not a problem everywhere in Osaka. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you tell, tell how much I know about that, but I said, I would love to see a wild boar, but from afar, probably from behind a fence. Yeah. I, or maybe a baby one. Yeah. And so... It's It was interesting, and as we got further out... Well, uh, Lindsay's
1: gunning to see some animals.
0: I'm always gunning to see animals.
1: And you were lucky, and you were in luck today.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully in luck forever.
1: Right. Well, today we went to a farm. So we went to a farm which um, is owned by a uh, nice man who is friends with um, Mike and Ruth, but he has this... It. I guess he used to be a rice farmer, and then he realized that rice farming might not be going everywhere that people hoped it would because of the government subsidies. So he decided to open his own organic farm and restaurant. And it's kind of right on the edge of Osaka.
0: It's really incredible. Um, I guess he took... uh, uh, There was an old sake Sake brewery, brewery, um, and he... told the owners um when they were about to demolish it the people who own that land he said i'll take all of that from you if uh if you let me he said
1: i'll demolish the building if you let me just have everything that's in it
0: and they said all right and then so we took it and so we
1: dismantled it and built this restaurant out of ancient sake factory parts
0: it's really cool
1: and when i say factory i was expecting like
0: industrial stuff? industrial stuff but no. it is
1: like ye olden time sake like giant wooden planks and um giant barrels and all sorts of like
0: bamboo poles with compressor things at the end and all sorts of interesting stuff i mean it's really cool Uh, it was such a cool looking place um all the walls and all the ceilings had what looked like kind of straw mats um kind -hmm. of everywhere and I i don't know that was decoration or insulation or what, but it was really very cool and lots of very old big tables, big big slabs of wood and um, big sort of trunks that were uh, kind of sliced to, to resemble chairs. Um, but it was very pretty, and it was set against um, a really eclectic-looking landscape where uh, there would be a small area for...
1: Kind of a winding farm...
0: Yeah, but not even really a farm. there would be like, well, I'm sure it is a farm, but there there were different pieces that resembled orchards. Mm -hmm. There was a plum area, and then there were some other uh, fruits that I don't know what they were. And then there were um, kind of wet, wet pond lands. I don't even know what that is, but it's very small ones, and some had lotus roots in them, and other ones had... Um, some interesting moss growing on it. And mm-hmm. and so all these little tiny pockets were very manicured and very interesting. It was kind of meandering, and um, there were a lot of plum blossoms that were in bloom. And we walked down a dirt path and turned a corner... And there was a pen with probably about 20 donkeys in it. Yeah,
1: 20 donkeys.
0: 20 donkeys. And so they help fertilize all of the different crops that he has. So he's got onions or radishes or whatever else. He's got all these donkeys there that are so funny. And they're varying sizes and a varying aggressiveness too, you know. So you can go and you can feed the donkeys and they've got giant big eyelashes and fuzzy noses and they're kind of funny and hairy, you know.
1: And he just has all these like... Bamboo cups full of um, like alfalfa cubes or yeah. something, yeah. And you can just pick them up and feed the donkeys till your heart's content. And they also have these funny carved wooden hands. So if you don't want to put the, the donkey mouth, put yeah. Or if you're a kid who's afraid, you put it on this like wooden hand and then serve it on the wooden <laughs> hand to the donkeys. <laughs> and there was so also cute. two goats and a sheep.
0: Yeah, the goats are so funny, and they were. They do goats not have teeth? I don't know. we should look that up because I feel these like goats they must we're we'll have to stick a video of this really ridiculous goat mouth action. I don't even know what they're doing, but uh they just
1: licked really fast to try and get it off there.
0: yeah, well all these all these animals the lips are hilarious and they're just flying all over the place <laughs> and then this the goat's tongues are flying all over the place, which is why that wooden hand paddle. I think would come in handy because you don't even know what you're going to get all over your hands. But they had a huge pen full of different colored bunnies that all looked kind of calico and funny, and there were some little tiny ones that were gray and and real hairy and uh, just different shapes and sizes, maybe 30, 40 bunnies. There was one tiny
1: poofy one that looked exactly like a chinchilla without a tail.
0: Yeah, it was really cute. It
1: was really poofy, and it was the exact same color gray, and its fur looked exactly... Like a chinchilla, it was really funny.
0: Yeah, it was adorable. and it, So we kind of took a uh, stroll through the rest of the gardens and we saw different pieces. And there's a giant bamboo forest that we came upon that was maybe 25, 30 feet tall. You know, really mm-hmm. thick and dense. It's so interesting. I don't think I've ever seen one in person. It was
1: also, you know, it, it grows really dense. So And it's also very woody and hard. So there was a strange, like, clicking noise. And I thought it was a bird or something. But it's all the bamboo just, like... Suppose I guess right. That's what it was. Yeah, at just the kind of clicking against that, each like, other. Like, is waving and kind of clicking against itself. It's really pretty. But I, I kept like, there was a kind of a weird tiny baby tractor or something parked there, and I kept looking over there because I was trying to take some photos or something, and uh, I thought there was people, like. Raking or something, wh- and that's what that clicking was. But then um, I think it was actually the trees just kind. of, So I kept being like, "Was oh, a person over there? Was a person over there?" And then thinking they were gonna yell at me because that's what they would do in America.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's maybe just people like, get off
1: is- my property, and then they'd shoot you. So
0: well, I, w- Hopefully, you wouldn't just meander onto somebody's property unless uh, unless you were looking for that, I suppose. But or maybe you're looking for directions. I don't know why you'd be on somebody else's property. But, in this case, I think it was part of the ambience. Right. So, there was some, some really great kind of lowlands that we went into next. and um, There were ducks, there were geese. I mean, it was really very cool. And as you come upon the back of the restaurant, it's neat because you can see all these little special rooms that they have on the bottom floor where um, you can kind of peek in and, and see some of the family members that are, are working there. And so, we walked back up to the top and went in, and... Um, Mike and Ruth have known these guys for a while, and it was really interesting watching them kind of show us the different parts of the rooms. And um, we were led down to the to the bottom. We took our shoes off. First
1: we sat by like a fire oven or something, and then... It was
0: like a big cast-iron stove with a bunch of charcoal on the bottom, and then like a big big brown pot on the top, and a huge, uh, huge pipe.
1: And that's where they... S- Cooked potatoes or something, I think.
0: Yeah, or sweet potatoes or, or yams or something. And and it was interesting because there was uh, gravel all over the floor with a couple stepping stones in the little tiny shop area where there were dried things and uh, mushrooms and uh, meringue and a bunch of different jams and everything on shelves that they probably made there. Mm-hmm. It was very charming. It was really very cool. And as you stepped up and took your shoes off, um you found yourself walking down these big steps made out of huge chunks of polished wood, I mean not just like a two by four I mean this was some serious wood that probably was from some massive tree somewhere, but it was really cool. We rounded down the corner down to the to the bottom floor where we sat on this massive dark hardwood um slab slab i mean it was it was huge it was like ten by 15 feet or something like that. Some giant, gnarly, crazy-looking piece of wood. And such an experience. Um, so the the uh, wife, um, who also... Well,
1: before, I guess before we go any further, the, the restaurant was called Sugi Gohei. Um, and it was owned by Mr. Gohei. And I'm not sure what his first name. They just called him Gohei-san. And then... Mrs. Gohei. So this w- Mrs. Gohei was the wife, um, and then Gohei-san was the farmer who owned it, and the guy who started it.
0: And Mrs. Gohei would come out and serve us um, everything and she's like, from he, the farm. Mr.
1: Gohei, Gohei-san is the one who's in charge of growing everything, and he runs the farm, and then she's the one who's in charge of cooking everything and figuring out what they're going to serve and making up recipes and stuff like that.
0: So everything that that we were served was um, directly relate, d- directly related to the farm, in some way. And so um, each course is, you know, like they have it in Minneapolis sometimes, and I'm sure they have it in other places where it's seasonal. You know, mm-hmm. it's like a cafe that shows you stuff. But I mean, this is a serious sit down place where she would come out and give us um, a first course of tofu that was just incredible. It was with, like with a sauce. Almost,
1: yeah, it was. A super fresh tofu, I guess, that somebody had made, and it almost was like Greek yogurt, um, mm-hmm. like in its consistency. It was very soft and creamy, and then you kind of poured some hot seasoning on.
0: It was a sauce?
1: It was it sauce? Yeah, I don't know. Like a broth sauce
0: thing, and it was it, it was great. And then we had a big. Um, Oh, then there was a giant um, stoneware. I don't even know what that is. What is that? A kiln? It was <laughs> like a. It was like a thing with a with a plate on top that had sizzling butter on it, and, and they brought out a huge bamboo shoot that was cut up into a bunch of little circles, and um, Mrs. Gohei, uh put each one of these circles on this dish with a little bit of salt and. So just butter, butter, salt,
1: and super fresh bamboo shoots. They they cut them before they uh, grow out of the ground. So the, they're still underground and they're super... Um,
0: very tender. Tender, yeah. very fresh. And it's interesting because when I think of bamboo shoots, I think of the little square things that come in a can. Yeah. This is totally nothing like that. I mean, I, I'm not even sure what kind of texture I would describe this as. I mean, it was kind of like a carrot, but not really at all like a carrot.
1: Yeah, and I, I actually have a a precarious relationship with bamboo. I avoid it most of the time if I can, but these were super amazing.
0: Yeah, well, that's probably how it's supposed to be.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it is how it's supposed to be. I'm sure that my relationship is poor because I always have bad bamboo, but most of the time I I do not like it very much.
0: Yeah, but this is really great, very fresh, and then we had a big giant tray full of all sorts of different things. Um, There was shaved carp, um, there was a mustard sauce. Uh, there was tempura vegetables from the um, from the farm. So big, big mushrooms and um, burdock. Did they say? Yeah, it
1: was burdock.
0: And then, uh, like a. And it was
1: like the whole plant. So it was like the leafy area, stem all the way down to the root, mm-hmm. and it was all tempura fried.
0: There was also a tiny little um, yellow citrus fruit, the yuzu. Yuzu, yeah.
1: Which we had experienced in the morning on our crepes and Yuzu
0: mm-hmm. jam, it's I guess. It's kind of bitter and it's also it's it's really good. It's a citrusy fruit, but it's not a super sweet one. And it's right. not very orangey, you know. Mm-hmm. But um somewhere between a lemon and a and a grapefruit or something, it's similar, but bitter. And then there was sort of a uh shaved um, combination of different things in there. It was very fresh tasting. And then also a tiny bit of potato salad of some sort. Um, and uh, Just
1: a lot of stuff. I have a f- yeah. photo of it that I'm probably going to be posting somewhere, but it was a and lot a of things. There was a custard that had, I don't even remember. It was, it, it was
0: some kind of green. Stuff.
1: Everything was special. That's <laughs>
0: the
1: Everything was like so delicate and special, and it was... A million things, and they were served on the old sake, like, press boards or something. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It was it was really good, and it, was it didn't look it. like a lot because everything was a very small amount.
0: I don't know. It looked like a lot. I mean, it I don't looked, know. to me, it looked to like a me, lot. To me,
1: with my big t- tummy, I was like, this is never going to fill me up. And then by the end, I was like, whoa.
0: Yeah. Well, it was great. They It was just different chorus after different chorus. There was a, a soup... That they cooked on another one of those um, portable, like, stoneware oven things. They have a name, but
1: I don't remember what it is right now.
0: And then there was also um, a really great rice dish, some pickled vegetables. Um, there was also... Uh, what else was there?
1: Well, eventually, um, you know, we, we kind of finished. It took hours, though. I mean, we were eating for probably at, at least two hours, if not more. And then eventually we kind of finished all the things that were for that. And then we went up to the upstairs and had dessert. Uh, When we were up there, Mr. Gohei and uh, his wife joined us for like coffee and dessert. And the dessert was like a fresh strawberry. um, Kind
0: of a creamy, almost like cheesecake, but, but a very light. Kind of
1: a shortbread cheesecake. I don't know, something. It was really good, but it was Strawberry, very soft.
0: A couple candied chocolate-covered um, pieces of yuzu. or And then they brought out a giant sweet potato. And the big old sweet potato came, and we're sitting there, and we, we have eaten more than our fill. And we're all busting at the seams, and we see this potato, and it's been um, sort of heralded as, like, the, the special thing that they do. And so we we're, were like, oh, no, no more room for this potato. But then somehow we found a little bit of room for it. But it was so sweet, you know? It was like
1: eating a cake.
0: It was like eating a cake. It's and all it,
1: all it was was a sweet potato without anything on it. Without anything on he it. He had just, just like, steam. put it in that oven thing we were sitting by earlier. And it, there was, like, 60 stacked in there. Yeah. And it was sweet and and like a cake, like a moist cake.
0: Yeah. So it was really strange. Yeah, we they just, you know, we just cut it in little slices and had it, and it was incredible. And you know what, I, I think it really shows that, um, you know, obviously he cares a lot about the things that he's making, and, uh, you know, everybody that works there probably cares a lot about the quality of, of each thing, and it's not at all like... Uh, everything is very simple, mm-hmm. and and it's fantastic because it's simple because it you get the flavor of the things that you're eating and it's not doused in some kind of crazy something. I mean, it is actually all the the shoots and like the the greens and, uh, and like the salads and everything is just very very simply put together, but a very complex taste that you get out of each thing. And so it was incredible the whole thing was incredible the space was incredible um hearing the story was incredible and it was fantastic food and so we left very full (laughs) it was very cool and so we said our goodbyes and we got back in the taxi which is its own funny funny kind of thing and headed back to the train station but taxis here the doors open for you by themselves and all the cars talk (laughs) Which is also interesting. Also,
1: you commented as we were going to the train station that all the cars look super friendly.
0: They do. Well, they're kind of round and puffy.
1: tiny and round and puffy looking. Except for the
0: taxis. They look like they're from the 80s.
1: They look like 80s fancy cars.
0: They do look like 80s fancy cars. And so, yeah, everything has just been really interesting. Um, We had sort of one more big stop, and we went to...
1: um, We went to... uh, I don't know what the area was called. It was near Umeda. Um, but it was... First we went to the neighborhood of America Muda.
0: Yeah. And it's it's kind of a um, very brightly lit series of streets where there's all sorts of shops for um, young people of various youngness.
1: And it's a neighborhood in Osaka.
0: And it was really cool because there's people kind of standing there and, you know, there's lots of clothing shops, eateries, like, fun stuff. And... And it was very bright and very festive. There's a tiny little statue of Liberty um there's way a up there giant
1: moving crab whose eyes like bungle around.
0: that was in a different place.
1: was that I can't even remember now
0: yep, and so <sighs> uh, and then but it was it was interesting because there's just so many different things to look at, and you know everything's set up just slightly differently, but the streets are narrow, and all of all of the big streets um are very formal. And then you look down an alley and you see tons and tons and tons of signs, more signs in the alley than there are on the big street, which didn't make any sense to me. But it was really, really interesting walking back through there. We took a turn and we went down a covered street where all of a sudden we saw like tons of people selling um, things at, at small stalls like uh, octopus balls or, you know, things that are kind of like um, all the plastic food. Lots of the yeah, lacquered dis- food. Display food. It was really cool, and there's like a million display foods and um, lots of big signs, and and we walked. Um, it's pretty brisk out, you know, maybe 40 degrees or so, but as you get into one of these covered areas, you can't feel the wind, and it was really cool to kind of see everything, and there's hordes of people we were talking with Ruth, and she said that it's a high tourist area, which I'm, I'm sure, because it's really cool looking. It's very interesting. She said, oh, yeah, most of the people that are here are not from here. And, and you could tell. And I was like, oh, I was too busy looking at all the stuff. But it was really neat. And then we finally got down to the area um, that Chris was talking about. With where the giant crab? Yeah. And so it's right along the river. And it is a string of different restaurants and stops. But the signs are fantastic they're not just big neon signs but they're actually huge sculptures the crab was one of my favorites it is an animatronic crab whose eyes kind of pop out and pop back in and its its claws move around and its legs shuffle back and forth it's very
1: realistic looking it also, is and it's giant it's, so it's almost terrifying very s- giant and scary on inside of a building
0: it's awesome and it, but its
1: eyes are very silly too because they're like one pops around in, yeah
0: one pops out and it pops in and then um next to it is a big octopus on the side of the building there's a and bunch, a bunch of, of blowfish yep a bunch and of puffer fish and a dragon
1: with googly eyes
0: yep and then my favorite one is a really angry looking man
1: angry chef or something
0: yeah he's an angry angry man and then there's also a weird clown thing that kept showing up everywhere
1: yeah th- uh, mike and ruth were saying that's some sort of character that everyone knows but right now we don't know the context but he's like this Ameri- <laughs> he's like a party guy or something and he plays a drum i don't know <laughs> but he, he wears like a he way. wears like a clown outfit but I, I feel like he is maybe it's just maybe it's my background but i feel like he's supposed to be in some way weirdly american because he's wearing like a red white and blue outfit that's all stripes like red red and white stripes what Maybe that was only me who thought that.
0: Yeah, no, I don't know what he looked like. Well, when he I heard he was like all nice about guy.
1: excess and party, and then he I was like... He does not
0: look like an excess party guy.
1: He looks like a nerd. He looks like a nerd. Yeah. But he's he's got a clown outfit on.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure why he's doing <laughs> it. <laughs> I don't know why we didn't buy a bunch of his the merchandise with him on it because yeah. it was so random. But, yeah, we uh, we had a good time walking around down there, and then finally...
1: So that was um, Shinsaibashi. Is that right?
0: That that's a general area, and then there was one street. It was the one street with all the all the stuff on it. Starts with the D.
1: I don't remember what the street was. Ah, uh,
0: we'll have to look it up. But anyway, it was very cool. It's it's interesting as we're learning things. Of course, we're stumbling upon stuff. Trying to keep it straight. We've got the Lonely Planet guide to Japan, which is like a phone book. You know, and we're trying to wade through that. But thank goodness we've got two great guides to kind of lead us around and show us stuff. And um. It's funny. The only things I bought today were just a couple of teas and some raisin bread, and uh, we brought an extra suitcase with a suitcase inside it, just in case we decided to go. Well, we're
1: saving. I mean, it would it would be silly to just buy everything on the first day. I feel like so.
0: Yeah, but then again, who knows? Who knows? I'm not
1: looking to bring much back.
0: I'm going to bring all the stuff back.
1: Well, okay, that suitcase can be for you. But I'm just
0: going to fill it with stationery and candy. Okay. So I'm glad I brought my own suitcase for that. So,
1: so we ended the walk, though, in Namba. So we covered America, Muda, Shinsaibashi, and then Namba.
0: That makes sense. It, it was really cool. And so tomorrow we're looking forward to um, exploring on our own. And so we won't have any guides. We'll have to get around on the subway by ourselves. We'll probably have to eat some things. We saw some amazing bento boxes. Oh, man, boxes. that's
1: the thing. is, uh, There's so many awesome things that I want to eat, but I was so full. I know. That I was like, that looks amazing. I am so unappetized right now by it, so I, <laughs> I just don't want that at all. But tomorrow, Love. tomorrow, and I don't know what time we ate. We ate at, like, 3 or something, and it took until, like, 5 or something, 3 to, three to 5 or 6. We probably left at 6, so it took us about 3 hours to eat, but... I am not going to eat anything else. I mean, now it's midnight, but, um, yeah, I'm good.
0: I'm tired. I want to go to bed.
1: All right. Well, (laughs) you'll hear from us tomorrow, so...
0: So until then. Today's March 13th, and we're soaking wet. We just had a really long day of exploring... Most of the time, I think we were pretty dry up until the last couple hours. It's been interesting. I think being in Osaka today was really kind of, not really culture shock, but it was sort of a big reminder what we don't know. So, you know, my mom joked with me, or maybe she was serious, but she told me when we left that I should for sure bring my compass. Yeah. And I should bring my puddle drinker. You know what that is?
1: I know. (laughs) I know what it is, yes.
0: It's a straw that you can drink out of a puddle if you ever get really thirsty. And if it's or like
1: a portable filtration system.
0: straw. Yeah. It's an
1: apocalypse straw, yeah. It's an
0: apocalypse straw. And I could have used that a couple times today. But like I said before, it's been interesting trying to figure out exactly how to be somebody from United States in Japan without, of course, having done any research or any further study other than the, what, five minutes of trying to learn katakana on the on the airplane? Yeah. So yeah. there's there's been plenty of things that I think have been curious, one of which um, was how to figure out where the heck you are in a big city um, when Google Maps doesn't work and you don't want to keep lugging out your uh, Guide to Japan book every five minutes.
1: Yeah, and even that is not always... Consistent or reliable?
0: Well, it's funny you pull out a page and go, "What a fun place! We should go visit that thing." And then you won't know exactly where it is or how to get there, where you are in relation to it. Yeah. So you'll be sitting there thinking, "Well, I should just enjoy what I have in front of me," which is exactly what we did today. Yeah. So it was interesting. We we went down to Osaka and we're learning the the trains, which is so far so good.
1: Yeah, it's pretty easy.
0: It's pretty easy. It's kind of... I think we might have mentioned this before, but it's kind of like uh, subways in New York where you get on and you either go one direction or the other, and you get on the fast train or the slow train. And so as we got it over into Osaka today, we decided, what the heck? We've got this big, giant book of all these cool things, and we should definitely go see one of the museums. So we set off on our, on our journey, and somehow were walking around in random places, stumbled upon a giant T V station in front of a park that had Chris's favorite mascot on it.
1: Yeah, it was like a giant yelling duck.
0: And so the T V station was right in front of this giant park where there was plenty of people playing what, soccer and
1: Um Yeah, it was all the parks are they don't have grass. No, it's just they're just kind of like a gravelly sand. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so... And they're really full of people.
0: People are laying down. People are laying
1: down. People are playing sports. People are taking their kids around. And there was, like, people doing all these things in this this fairly small park. And then there was these dudes who were posing for photos and flexing at the camera. And I was like, whoa.
0: Seems like a good fun thing to do in front of the TV station. It was, it was actually kind of crazy because, you know, we've got no idea where the landmarks are. And we're looking for the Museum of Housing and history or something like that. We were walking, 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 and I realized in my pocket that I had a compass. And my mom's (laughs) awesome advice actually came in handy where I pulled out this compass and I went, thank goodness, because I have no idea where we are. And you were sitting here kind of going block by block and marveling at the crazy structures. Everything's got power lines everywhere. There are Tons and tons of like concrete buildings and tile buildings and everything is like a beige color.
1: Well, all the cities are different and Osaka is kind of a, the cityest of the cities and then Kyoto is kind of the history city and so they're all kind of a little bit different and have their own personality. But depending where you are in Osaka, it's a very industrial, not very pretty city. I don't know.
0: I think the best thing that I saw today was actually when we got off the main drags and We stepped into a side street and there were just these little tiny doors that opened up into what I would call an alleyway, but maybe it's a street. There's tiny potted plants on the ground. There's uh, bicycles that are hanging um, just like leaning up against the the walls. And there are um, old ladies coming out to water their two potted plants next to their doors. And you just know it's somebody's home in there. And so it's interesting because everything is so close knit. And everything is so, um, I don't know, just uh, utilitarian, maybe.
1: Yeah. Intimate? Or I don't know. Lived in? I don't know. Lived
0: in? Yeah, but it was really beautiful at the same time. You know? Yeah,
1: and when I said it was in not the prettiest city, it is very. It doesn't mean it's not interesting. It's like an incredibly interesting texture, I guess, to to look at. It's just this giant pile of buildings and power lines and things that are kind of older and, and with like, you know, kind of these traditional windows with plants and bicycles in front of it, but then mixed with, um, you know, like corrugated st- steel and things like that, uh, which I just thought was very interesting.
0: Yeah, it was it was really kind of a cool cool thing to do. And as we got lost, which is exactly what we did today, we stumbled upon other things that we thought were pretty interesting. One thing that I'm sure anybody that's ever been to Japan, or maybe even heard about it, realizes that there's a billion vending machines everywhere. I think, to our, uh, to our surprise, um, we we were like, you know what, we should take advantage of some of these. Um, we heard that you're not supposed to eat and drink on the street. Mm-hmm. Do you know why, Chris?
1: Um, I've heard unofficial things. I think I think the general idea is that food is supposed to be enjoyed and it's supposed to be appreciated and so you're supposed to sit down and take your time so um it's kind of frowned upon to be eating on the go pretty much in Japan I don't I don't think you're really supposed to eat in public unless if it's like at a kind of a designated space
0: yeah well that makes sense I mean I feel if I think about it I I don't really like watching people eat either maybe that's just for the best for all of us you know, I'm a little self-conscious about it. I feel like uh, I'm catching myself not drinking on my water bottle. Even though I've got all these vending machines everywhere, I always feel really kind of bad about it. But maybe I can find a stealthy spot one of these days. Um, well,
1: I think in general, those pe- those vending machines, I think, are for people who live there because they literally are like every... Twice f- a block? 50 feet, yeah. I mean, they're really <laughs> outside of every building. And I, and I have a feeling it's for when you get home... You like grab a, I mean, there's beer and cigarettes and soda and coffee. tea and coffee and, and all these different vending machines, and I think it's just in if you can't have a convenience store close enough, and in Japan that means like on the block, um, then you have a vending machine, and because you never see anybody with any of these bottles that are sold in all these vending machines.
0: You know what I never saw either was any trash.
1: But it's also funny because there's no trash cans either.
0: Yeah, no trash, no trash cans.
1: You just carry it to to wherever you're going, I guess.
0: Uh, secretly, because we also don't see anybody carrying them either. But it's it's been really cool. We, we actually stopped at a bakery um, as we were getting lost here. And we walked in and they were playing the most wonderful music. <laughs> it seemed like the kind of music that you would hear coming out of a baby's music box. Or like, you know, like one of those little fuzzy toys where you wind up their...
1: Yeah, it's like a music box.
0: Well, the, the other thing I thought was cool is I saw a gif on the internet before we came here about these cakes. And they're these kind of like almost gelatinous kind of cakes. You know, where they look really light and fluffy and they yeah. kind of, you know, you jiggle them and they look kind of like a pound cake. And I mm-hmm. saw this, this gif of all of these cakes being made and this brand coming down and branding the top of each one of these really puffy, like really perfect looking cakes and we saw all these in the window and so we sat there and we watched these guys make them and it was really interesting it was kind of like a pancake batter that they were mixing these giant vats, and a lady with a huge ladle would come up and she would pour it into these like massive sized cupcake things they're probably about as big as like a volleyball if you were to cut one in half you know yeah and it was just it was crazy and so they had little samples of it and chris and i were like oh cool pound cake except for it wasn't
1: well, then I got a sample, and I was like, oh, what? And I picked it up, and I was like, this isn't the texture I thought. And then we put it in our mouth, and we're like...
0: We're like, this is like an egg piece.
1: Yeah, it was... It was like a yeah. quiche. It was kind of like a quiche... A sweet quiche. jello yeah. or something. But so, it looked
0: like a pound cake. So it was not cakey, but it was really interesting. And so, I don't know, it it was just, it was crazy. We bought, like, I don't know, some big puffy bread there.
1: Yeah, we bought giant bread. I bought a cream puff. Yeah, so we bought all these other things, and then we're like, maybe we should buy one of these fancy cakes to take home to Mike and Ruth. But it's, then we found out then it was we an egg tried Jello. it, and yeah. then we're like, eh, I don't know if I want to eat any more than that.
0: Well, see, I'd probably eat, it, except for I don't think we could have made it home.
1: Yeah, we well, yeah, we walked a lot today.
0: What was your pedometer? I
1: think it was twenty nine thousand steps or something. Ugh.
0: Yeah, I have a blister on one of my feet that I think is is like going to be my new baby new best friend. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Yeah. But it it's been interesting. I think like, you know, today was more of like get our bearings, see what's up. I don't know, get lost. Yeah, it was kind confused. of our, it was
1: our test to be all by ourselves. And we went out and we just walked and whatever happened, we just would keep going. And that's kind of one of my favorite ways to travel because I'm not that into shopping. You know, I want to see stuff, but I'm also not into just going to like tourist spots. So I thought today was really awesome because we got off in Osaka. We hit up some department stores because I heard there's amazing things in some of those. So we checked it out. You found a bunch of patterns you liked.
0: Oh, it was crazy. Um, Every single amazing Japanese, like, tiny repeating pattern. Like, if you've ever seen Japanese fabric, it's just the coolest. It's it's really intricate. Oh, my gosh. I'm regretting not buying some of that, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, you got chances. Maybe you'll find something else. I guess so. We're still here for a while. But we did that. We, I mean, we just did so many things. We went to some weird cave, remember that?
0: Oh yeah. we were like, "What comics? Cool. And it was then like we were like a comic
1: store and we went on the escalator, and it was a giant.:
0: if somebody had a, like a happy time with some spray foam, and they were like, "Let's make this escalator really fun." So they took a bunch of spray black spray foam and made like a weird coal cave.:
1: It was kind of like the bat cave.
0: Kind of, except for
1: A oh, weird. It's like Weird the Batcave and, if you see the set, and then you're like, "Oh, this isn't you know rockets all just like foam."
0: Yeah, and and then just put one escalator in it. Yeah, and so we rode the escalator up there, and then it was kind of claustrophobic, but it was like wall to wall comics and figures and what movies. There, and it was actually outfits? A, it was a,
1: yeah a, um, a cosplay. Rental store, maybe, or maybe you bought them. There was all these, they had like a stage in there with mannequins set up with all these different properties. And I wanted to take some photos, but there was a strict no photo policy. But
0: you know, even when you're in a foreign country and you know nobody knows you and you know it doesn't matter, you still get super embarrassed when you pull out the world's sexiest comic by accident. And um, start paging through it, and when somebody's behind you...
1: It was so tight, if you wanted to pass somebody in an aisle, you basically had
0: to... Hug them a little? Hug them, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what made made it a little bit awkward, because I was like, what's this? And I'm like, oops, okay, I'm putting that back. I don't need to, to...
1: A lot of blushing men.
0: A lot of blushing men. So many blushing men. On
1: comic covers, not in real life. Oh, okay, guess.
0: well, probably, no, the, maybe, well, no, I saw some blushing men today. I feel like that's appropriate. Oh. But, yeah, we left the weird cave, and then we walked around a little bit, and, you know, I think the the streets are interesting because you'll you'll get one that's absolutely desolate, and you'll get another one that's bustling with people. It just depends on yeah. where you are, but I guess it's any city, you know? Mm-hmm. But um started raining, and, um, you know, again, we're traveling, we don't know where we're going, uh, but we're kind of exploring, and so grabbed some see-through umbrellas, which is what everybody's got, and uh, had the the world's wettest time, I think, going out through the back alleys in the middle of the night with our umbrellas in one hand and our bags full of crap in the other.
1: Yeah, and we walked.
0: Underneath some bridges, on top of some highways.
1: Yeah, I mean, we must have walked like 12 or 15 hours today or something like that. Probably. Something like that. And uh, eventually, it was fun, and we were just getting lost and having tons of fun. And it was really. I really like seeing the places no one goes or the places that people who saw us were really confused because.
0: They're like, why are you in this alley full yeah, of clear, trucks?
1: Or, or the people who lived there, and they're like, no one who doesn't live here ever comes here
0: we look totally out of place we got backpacks on yeah i know we got like exploration gear on i mean we look like turds in in the middle of a of a totally pristine wonderful universe i mean we're we're like dressed to the brain with every single survival gear (laughs) i don't know know. i'm wearing (laughs) the
1: exact same thing i always wear plus a backpack
0: a huge backpack
1: it is a big backpack. It's
0: a really big backpack, and it's then kind of I've got mine cheer. on. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I mean, you kind of have to do that if you're semi without a home here. But it's exciting. I mean, you know, every time we travel like this, it's one of those things I always look forward to, is just not having to be anywhere or to do anything in particular, because then you can just experience space, yeah. you know? I feel like, I mean, it was really obvious once we got out into, into the, like, the less populated streets, because then you're not trying to navigate through a sea of people, and you're not trying to, like... Stop and see every single sign and look through every single store window. I mean, when you're out there by yourself, you really see, like, the tiny details of somebody's home and what they've mm-hmm. decorated. And you see the city cats and you see, the, you see the crazy power lines and you see, like, the hidden temples and stuff like that. I mean, we, we sort of had a quiet moment where we were wandering um, past that bakery and we found a chance to, like, duck into this side alley where we found a temple just in the middle of nowhere. A giant one and it was it it looked quiet and cold and you know it was starting to rain and and there were a couple people coming out of it and we were like what's that in there and it was interesting because you know you when you don't know what you're doing you are in a in a place where you've never been you you tend to kind of take in everything a little bit differently than you would if you were to do a lot of research you know i I mean we weren't going up to it being like "Mm, this is one of these temples that do these things and this is exactly how it works i mean we were just kind of marveling at it because if you've never seen one before you're just kind of you know awestruck so they come
1: out of nowhere too because you're in the middle of a city that's just a grid of concrete and steel and whatever and then all of a sudden there's like what appears to be an ancient temple. I don't know how old they really are. But. I'm
0: sure. It's probably really old, and I'm sure it's probably been taken care of, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. It's, it's just really cool. So today was our day. We did it by ourselves. We got out. We got lost. got confused. Got wet. Ate a burger.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. We, we were strolling around all day, and then eventually it started getting dark. And eventually we realized we have to find the train station to get home. That's when we were like, uh-oh, and that's when we had to walk with real purpose because we were outrunning time and the rain and all sorts of and things. And our phone batteries and our phone was I think dead at that point. And then uh but we did go past a Moss Burger,
0: which I had never heard of that before. Yeah, and
1: I've heard of it, but I don't know what I've heard. I just know of it. Oh. So I was like, I better check this out or else no one's going to forgive me. And I went in there and I got I ordered one Moss Burger. And one hot dog, because my goal was also to find Japanese hot dogs. Uh, they were both... Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: The Moss Burger is weird. It it had like some sort of... It, I felt like it maybe it was spaghetti sauce on it, but it was probably something else. It was a, maybe a little bit curry-tinged. Maybe it was kind of like a coney chili sauce or something, but it was very um, tomatoey and spaghetti-y to me, maybe.
0: And you didn't like it.
1: I liked it fine. It was fine. Okay. It was not like, wah, everything's ruined for me now. This is so delicious. I was like, I've tried it and I'm good and I I won't try another one on this trip because I'm fine.
0: That's fine. I feel like we're going to eat a lot more food anyway. Well, also, you probably have burned like one billion calories walking around today. I burned
1: my shoe off because my heel is falling off now.
0: That's okay. I think my whole foot is falling off. So we'll see how this feels in the morning. I'm sure that's going to suck a little bit. You know, I don't think I've moved this much in... The last like 20 years so okay (laughs) we'll see how this goes however uh maybe maybe i'll be big and strong when i come back to the states so anyway it was an adventure and we're gonna see what happens tomorrow and um, hopefully continue finding awesome stuff today is march 14th according to japan chris says
1: Which means it's... I think it's the 13th in America, technically.
0: Which also means that it's White Day. Here. Yeah. What does that mean, Chris?
1: Uh, White Day in Japan is kind of... Well, actually, it's more like Valentine's Day than Valentine's Day. In Japan, Valentine's Day, um, the women buy men chocolate, I believe.
0: Just chocolate?
1: I think chocolate's like the big thing. And it's... I think it's that if it's more... If you really like somebody, you make them chocolate. But if you just want to give them something or you have to give them something because you work with them, then you just buy them chocolate. So you know it's true romance if (laughs) somebody makes you chocolate. And then uh, white day is the opposite where men give women things.
0: So when is the day when you give your loved one a new t-shirt that doesn't have pit stains on it
1: that never happens
0: (laughs) (laughs) that does happen i feel like that is a delightful gift okay yeah from one loved one to another one
1: i could be wrong i'm not entirely sure of the ins and outs of white day but today is Mm -hmm. white day from what i understand it's also a little bit of a manufactured holiday and i didn't there's been a lot of advertisements the entire time we're here telling us white Day's coming
0: I feel good about it. I feel like every single cute thing that I've seen has been a possible gift you could have gotten me for White Day. But um, I got a donut today.
1: I did get you a strawberry donut.
0: Yeah, it was very cute. Um, I guess I'll take that. That sounds fine.
1: Right. But once White Day was here, I didn't notice anything particularly different. So maybe I just wasn't paying attention.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, maybe it's like a secret time where people have secret times afterwards. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But since it was White Day, um, we were out and about uh, in, I guess, various parts of uh, Kobe and.
1: Just Kobe. We went to Kobe. Uh, we stopped in the uh, Sanomia, at the Sanom- Sanomiya station.
0: That's the word that I was hoping that you would say, because I forgot what it was. Yeah, it
1: was Sanomiya, but that's in Kobe. And so it's like in a neighborhood in the train stop. Yeah. So that's where we went.
0: And um it's funny, after a long, long day, um, yesterday, it was really <laughs> it was really interesting because we ended up waking up a little bit later than normal. I think in, in general every day we've been waking up somewhere between like seven and seven thirty. We got a little bit of a late start, but as we went over to Kobe, um today's really rainy and we were kind of okay with that because I guess usually when we travel we end up having a couple wet days a couple weird cold days and stuff like that and uh, we're no strangers to that but as we got out and about um, we're really thankful that a lot of Japan has covered streets and so what's been really interesting this whole time is that even even though we've got umbrellas out and even though we've got waterproof jackets on um, we tend to see lots and lots of people who are wearing what looks like a fancy outfit. Almost everybody has, like, really nice shoes on. Did you notice
1: that? Um, I don't know. I s- nah, well, your I don't shoes
0: really are falling apart.
1: My heel is about to come off my big hiking boots, my Doc Martens. So I'm going to have to find a cobbler. To cobble me some new shoes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what you, that's funny. <laughs> I'm sure there are real cobblers still in existence.
1: I, I'm sure there are. And hopefully sure there I'll are. find one because I'm about to lose my heel entirely.
0: Yeah, well that's not gonna be very helpful.
1: And I don't know how many places sell
0: just a heel my, or shoe?
1: No shoes that fit me.
0: Yeah, well that might be a problem for you. But um say you did have to buy some new shoes. You know what I see is all the rage over here?
1: Um I don't know what.
0: So, every guy I've seen so far has dress shoes, but then the toes of the dress shoes are curl up. (laughs) Not like an elf. Like elf shoes. No, not like an elf shoe. Kind of
1: like cowboy boots.
0: Kind of like cowboy boots.
1: They look like anime drawing shoes.
0: Yeah, well, they're awesome. First of all, so you should buy some. Except for your feet will be like Mm. 40 feet long, which would be kind of weird, because the one guy that I saw that was maybe about six feet tall, like the, you know, it, it is weird also, because you're, you're probably taller than a lot of people here, but the one guy that I saw um, the other day walking up the stairs in front of us at the subway had those big long shoes on, and he had to place what I'm suspecting is his front large toes, toenail, <laughs> amount of toe on the step in front of him, because the rest of the, the front of his shoe was probably not filled with anything but air. So he was delicately padding his way up the stairs. I don't think I
1: shoes that make my feet look any bigger.
0: Well, they're really cool looking, so I think maybe that's where, now that you don't have any real shoes left, now that yours are disintegrating, you should probably look forward to some shoes that have a little bit more uh, air toe room. They're
1: like a halfway point between a cowboy boot and a clown shoe.
0: No, (laughs) they're not like a clown shoe. They're really stylish. And all of them are really nice. Well, everybody, every single person has nice shoes on. Every single person also has like a dress outfit on. And here I am in my like outdoor gear. Every person should
1: probably be going to work because today is Monday, Tuesday.
0: Monday, I think.
1: Yeah. Tuesday, maybe.
0: No, I think it's Monday.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, it's hard to tell anymore. Well,
0: okay. So maybe everybody's going to work except for us. You know, we look like we're going to a mountain.
1: Of course, these people were also hanging out at cafes with us, so we'll, maybe they're not at work.
0: Uh, who knows? But anyway, the, the whole day today um, was going to be kind of a combo effort. Uh, we heard that in Kobe there were a couple cat cafes and something called an owl cafe. And we thought to ourselves, like, how much different could a cat cafe be from our house, really?
1: Just different cats.
0: Different cats probably we see cats all the time. Yeah. Boring. Wall, no, they're not boring. <sighs> cats are great. I think anybody's cats are great. But the funny thing about cats is that if you have one, awesome. If you have two, awesomer, right? If you've got three or four, good for you. And I'm trying to figure out if any more than four can live in a household without there being colonies of cats.
1: Yeah, because every yeah, cause they split into two upstairs, downstairs.
0: Yeah, upstairs cats and downstairs cats, or yeah, some weird factions of cats. You know. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about this as we stepped into the elevator on our way to the third floor of the of the cat cafe, which is called what?
1: I think it was called either Cafe Nanny or Nanny Cafe. And as everyone knows from Nyan Cat or whatever, the Th- internet what meme, uh, Nyan is the sound that, basically it's meow in Japan. When people imitate a cat, they don't say meow, they say Nyan.
0: Which sounds exactly <laughs> like the noise that comes out of a cat. So <laughs> we rode the elevator up, and the, the cool part was there was a little poster um That showed all the cats' faces, like a lineup, like the Brady Bunch.
1: Right, like outside the building there was a, here's who's in today.
0: Like a sandwich board of, like, staff cats. And um, all the cats there, of course, had, like, glamour shots. And we went, oh, who's going to be there? And, of course, we can't read any of the names. Um, And we went up there and and we were led into a tiny little foyer where there was uh, tiny cubbies for your shoes and a big bottle of sanitizer. And you could see, like, outside of the foyer, there were a bunch of carpeted cat towers. And there were some little tiny sofas that were, like, si- six inches from the ground. And then. And they were,
1: like, sofas that used to have s- legs, but the legs have been removed. So they're just the.
0: Yeah. Just the bottom part. Probably so a cat can't get in there.
1: Yeah. Probably so cats can't hide under them.
0: Yeah. And, um,. Lots of little cardboard boxes and scratchy post things and a bunch of weird stuff and a bucket full of like little fishing rods with with little feathers, feathers stuck to him. the end. And so a, a nice um, woman gave us a kind of a rundown in the in Japanese, which we, we didn't understand. So we read a tiny piece of paper that had the rules and it said, don't pick up the cats. Don't wake the cats if they're sleeping. And don't bring any extra weird toys in and we said all right that sounds fine
1: and don't bring pets
0: yeah you probably shouldn't bring any more cats (laughs) to the cat cafe and drop one off so we went in there and the first thing that i guess i was expecting in a cat cafe was i for real thought it was going to be a cafe
1: right it's like like an apartment it's like
0: somebody's apartment
1: Without living things. There was no, like, TV or anything like that. But it No, was, but there
0: was a bookshelf. But it was comics. not...
1: Yeah, there was... Well, I think the comics are for people. I think people just go to Cap Cafes and then read comics and stuff. And, and just they, chill out. Yeah.
0: I guess it makes sense.
1: Because um, there was a guy doing that. There was a guy just reading a bunch of manga. And they had bookshelves, like... H- probably hundreds of volumes of manga all over the place. Yeah. On all the different bookshelves. So there was a guy sitting there reading manga... Um, but it's just like a just like an apartment. It is not like a coffee shop that no, has I th- cats. No,
0: I thought for sure it was going to be like a clean, like, I mean it was clean, but I mean like a f- sterile looking coffee shop with mm-hmm. some cats hanging out on a and bench. And maybe
1: some are, but this one wasn't.
0: No, this was like if you went into like...
1: But this is a big one because this was in Kobe, which is a large city, so this isn't like... Just some person's house in the back alleys of <laughs> no, Nishinomiya or something.
0: No, I mean it was not an alley, an alley um, like bootleg cat house. It was like a.
1: It was on the third floor of a building.
0: Yeah, and so we we stayed there and we played with a bunch of cats. And it's funny because you know you see, have you ever looked at Cat Fancy magazine? Mm-hmm. You know when we're at the vet. Yes, yeah. of course, of course you have. And uh, and there's always the the breeds in there that you're like, what? Who's actually got this cat? Is this a real cat? Like the little tiny, tiny leg ones? Like the little stubby
1: dwarf cats?
0: Yeah, or the ones with the smush faces, mm-hmm. or the ones with the little bob tails. Yep. Yeah, they had every single one of those cats. Yeah. And not only did they have those cats, they also had another cat that had like a square for the top of its tail, which I don't know how that works. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and that one's name was Sarah, I think.
1: Yeah, they had all the cats' names, and and they had, like, the English versions, too, and there was... Some of them were just Japanese names, but they were written in Roman letters, so you could read them, but they there was Sarah. That's and the only one the I The stubby remember. one was um, Luke.
0: Luke was a tiny stubby one? Yeah. <laughs> what a funny name for that cat. But
1: most were, like, uh, Ayasha or something like that. Oh. Like, Japanese names.
0: Well, that's nice. And so... We we pet some cats, and we looked at some cats, and then we made sure to follow the rules and not to pick any cats up, although I really wanted to pick some cats up. But the funny thing was... I, I played
1: tug-of-war with a cat and then knocked it off the thing, and then every, off the th- cat tower, and then everyone ran around gasping at, holding their mouth, and then I was like, uh-oh, am I going to get kicked out of here?
0: I think the cat did it to itself.
1: It did. It was very strong and wanted to play tug-of-war really bad, so I was like, I'm not going to let this thing go, and then it backed off of a ledge.
0: It was a goofy tiny cat. But uh, all the cats were really nice, and they were really silly, and there were a lot of them in there hiding in different baskets, and there were humongous cat towers all over the place.
1: There was one tussle.
0: Yeah, well, that that is to be expected. Well,
1: that's what you were wondering about, is how can they have all these cats, and they don't, they get along perfectly, and the answer is they break up little fights that happen. Yeah, well. And keep them separate sometimes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But they were very goofy. There was lots of cats in there. So, and also, it did not smell like cat poop in there.
1: No, it didn't.
0: Were you surprised?
1: Uh, I guess I am now. I wasn't expecting it to.
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's like when you, get a, you have a friend over and your, your friend comes over for the first time. Kind of like how James came over to our house for the first time when he's gonna take care of our cats. And the
1: cats immediately all decide to poop right. Yeah, there. they all
0: decide to poop right at once. Yeah. And we said, "Sorry, James, our house usually doesn't smell like diarrhea, <laughs> but today it does, just for you. Thanks for taking care of our cats." And then, then we push them out the door. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was no poop smell in here whatsoever.
1: I also never saw a cat use the bathroom.
0: Did you see there was a tiny door? Yeah, trap there was door? like a
1: door that led to a bathroom. But there was a bathroom, there was one over in the left side of the room. But yeah.
0: anyway. Well, I feel like there should be more cat cafes.
1: In America, you mean?
0: Yeah. Everyone
1: in America can have their own cat though. If you want a cat in America, you can have one.
0: Yeah, you can have one for thirty bucks, did you know that?
1: You can probably have them for cheaper than that. Well, we've we've found free ones on the street several times.
0: <laughs> Some of those are owned by other people. But some of those other ones. Well, are we probably. had to find
1: homes for them.
0: Okay, and yeah. We gave
1: them away. We did not charge people thirty dollars <laughs> for them.
0: <laughs> I find a cat just <sighs> anywhere, and we're like, "You want this cat back? It's be thirty bucks." But yeah, I think, well, why can't people have cats here?
1: Um, because just space it, limitations. space limitations, and a lot of times they live with other people. Oh,
0: Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense.
1: Live with other people. I don't know if people have roommates a lot here, but for sure you live with... um, Your family? Family and extended family sometimes.
0: Okay, well, someone somewhere might not like a cat, right? So maybe that's why. I think that
1: it is very space limited, yeah.
0: Okay, well, that's fine. There's plenty of cats in there for everybody to pet.
1: Yep, and while we were there, there was like two couples and then one guy reading manga alone on the couch. Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't very crowded, and everyone was very quiet. And not throwing a fit and being like,
0: wow, cat. See, that's Mm -hmm. the thing that I would have done. And that's exactly what I did when I walked in there. But maybe that's just how I You did a
1: very, um, I think you were very affected by the other people and what they were doing because you were not as boisterous and loud as you probably normally would be.
0: Well, yeah, because cats are great. And I feel like. When you see a cat, usually you're like, oh, my friend, and then you pet it, and then... Yeah,
1: but well, when you're also vying for the same attention from some quiet Japanese people, then you are kind of like, oh, my friend.
0: I Yeah, I whispered it to Rick, yeah. Yeah, to the cat's I ears. felt
1: bad because I would... I kept luring the cat, that one feisty cat, away from the other people because I had that toy, and he was really into it. So they would, like, they would finally get him over... To their lap or something, and then I would like flick it, and then he would come running them back over to me, and then I—they were probably mad.
0: They were not mad. They were not mad. I think that cat was was fine, but plus there's a million other cats in that room anyway. That was the
1: cat who was the most into things. He was though. the
0: only one that wasn't asleep, But you couldn't touch the sleeping. Yeah. Room. So yeah. So anyway, it was it was really great, and you know if you ever get to go, I mean it's definitely experience. You also,
1: pro tip: you should buy treats. Because right when we left, someone came in and bought treats, and they won all the cats' attention. And all the sleeping ones woke up, and all of a sudden, like, during our entire hour there, there was, like, three cats who were kind of the centers of attention, but buying treats made everyone just wake up and run over to them.
0: That's how real life works, too.
1: I know. Well, I didn't realize you could buy treats.
0: I know, because we can't. Read Japanese. <laughs> so we, uh, we did not know there was cat treats.
1: It specifically said you can't bring them cat treats on the rules, so...
0: Yeah, well, I didn't have any cat treats, and I I didn't know how to read, so that's fine. But it's about 10 bucks to go for an hour, and you could get something to drink, although I'm not really sure what the drinks were because we didn't drink anything.
1: I looked at the menu. It was just, like, milk tea and stuff like that. Oh, okay. But I think there was also, like, a little cordoned-off glass room, and I think if you got a drink, you might have to sit in there, so...
0: By yourself with no cats? Yeah, so it
1: seemed, like, double boner. I couldn't tell.
0: Double boner?
1: Double bum... (laughs) Double bummer.
0: All right. (laughs) So, (laughs) um... We ended up, um, saying goodbye to the cats and we, we lint brushed ourselves off with some really, it it was like a paint roller Mm -hmm. sized lint brush. I've never seen that before, although I would like one at my house. And then, um, we went back down to the street and walked maybe like, I don't know, five feet and got, got to sit down at a nice restaurant. So, um, we walked in and, and all of the restaurants for the most part, I think still have smoking, um areas in them and you know of course in the midwest and i think for most of the places in the united states all of them now
1: i have no idea no, I, don't I don't know i would doubt all of them i guess
0: really okay well a bunch of them you can't smoke indoors and so there are no smoking sections anymore um in minneapolis and so i've not been in a smoking restaurant for a very very long time and so we were led up to the non-smoking section which was like in the the second floor of this little tiny cafe and chris and i ordered um, some food for a little bit and it's funny because you know I've got all these ideas like I'm gonna just point at some random thing at the menu and just eat whatever it is you know cause mm. really how weird could it be probably not weird at all probably delightful and delicious like the rest of the food they've had here and so um, I pointed at some random photo of something in there there always seems to be an English menu uh, although doesn't it seem like the English menus are like one quarter the size of the other ones they probably are yeah i think they might be and so um i pointed at this one thing that looked like a couple weird sandwiches and some other stuff and then um felt bad after i changed my mind back and forth while i was trying to like stumble over my four words of japanese that i actually know and i pointed to random tea and i felt pretty good about my weird like blind choices there Yep. but we had a good time and and it's, it's been interesting. I think our, our food has been varied. It's been, I don't know, lots of street food, lots of stuff. So sitting down was really nice. And so we finished up there and then went outside and walked another couple feet, like half a block. And all of a sudden we realized that we were standing in front of a poster of like, I don't know, like, you know how, uh, back in the nineties, people used to, to rip out a bunch of like celebrity boys Mm-hmm. Photos and then tape them all over their rooms. Yeah. Well, well, we stepped in front of a sandwich board filled with owl photos that looked just like that, like weird cutouts of a bunch of weird owls, like, like photos of owls. Right. And we stood in front of it on this nondescript door that was frosted, and we were like, is this the owl cafe that we heard about? Of course, just coming from a cat cafe, we're like, these look nothing alike. There's no, like, weird police siren that's going off like the cat cafe had. No huge, huge cat that said cat cafe.
1: Mm-hmm. It was called, like, I don't even think it said owl on it. I think it was called, like, no. family cafe or it was...
0: It was owl family.
1: Owl, owl family cafe.
0: I don't even know if it said cafe on it. it just said owl family with a bunch of pictures of No, it of looked owls. like a...
1: It seemed like a food place.
0: Did it? Yeah, I didn't see any food on there.
1: No, but it said it definitely said cafe or restaurant or something like that.
0: Probably okay. cafe. Well, maybe I can it's probably in,
1: find the official name because I actually you probably should. I actually anyway. tried to Google it on the street and found something. Well, yeah, even though I don't we, know how my phone had data, so I don't even know how that worked. Well,
0: that probably cost us forty-five dollars.
1: Okay, well, it was worth it because then we figured out it was an Owl Cafe.
0: And we went in and there was a tiny little vending machine, all in Japanese. That had a bunch of buttons on it. And a woman came up and greeted us. And she handed us another uh, piece of paper that was laminated that had some English stuff on it that said milk tea, regular tea, uh, iced tea, stuff like that. All these different buttons. $15 a piece. Or 1,500 yen. And so we stuck our money into the tiny vending machine. And we got a little Dixie cup full of milk tea. And we turned the corner... And there was two shelves. <laughs> I'm gonna call them shelves. This is a huge cubicles of of like owl upon owl upon owl of every single variety you could possibly think of, from There's the little tiniest little ones that that shrink into a weird cat shape and the then transformer puff up. owls, transformer owls to the um, barn owls, the ones with the flat faces, to um, the great horned owls. Yep. There were some other ones I've never seen before in my entire life, but every single owl that has um, little tiny ears and no ears, and there was even what I thought, I think was a peregrine falcon in there.
1: Yeah, that metal one, yeah.
0: And so, but it was just cubby holes with owls just kind of sitting there dozing off, you know, and at the very, very end, there was one that was about the size of a, geez, like a medium-sized dog. Mm -hmm. It was at least, like, 20 inches tall.
1: Also, the owls were arranged from smallest to biggest.
0: Oh, yeah, they were, weren't they? They were,
1: like, yeah, top shelf went smallest to biggest, and then they got bigger from starting on the left side of the bottom shelf and then got all the way up to that giant one.
0: Like an A to Z of owls.
1: Yeah, or a tiny to humongous of owls.
0: Oh, yeah, like little nesting doll owls at the time. It was... So weird, because some had little tiny black signs that had what we thought were their names on them, and then other ones had red signs next to the black signs that looked like they were shouting something really not so friendly. And so we found out that some of these owls really don't like um, people that much, but some do. And so one of the rules for this one, I mean, of course you're not supposed to pick the owls up, but I don't think anybody would want to, uh, because they're kind of terrifying, you know. But you could (laughs) have humongous claws and pointy beaks um, and serious eyebrows, you know, but they said that the ones that don't have the red signs, you're able to pet them and you can only pet them using the back of one of your fingers, which was the rule. Yeah. (laughs) Which I think is a fun rule because that is a weird way to pet an animal, Um, but it Works And some of the owls just sit there and they close their eyes. And you can pet them on the back of the head. And, um you know, I was so cautious because they all look so serious. You know, owls have those kind of faces that are just really um, intense. Yeah, very serious. Very serious eyebrows. Big eyeballs. And it was interesting because some of them, you know, Chris has this giant black camera. And so as he is walking up there, he's like, you know, huge guy, and so he's got this giant camera too that just looks like a massive beak or something like that stuck to his face, and so um, some of them, some of the ones with the red signs, kind of puffed up a little bit. You know, yeah. There was one of the transformer owls that, um, when the the woman that came to greet us was cleaning up, um, you know, because owls poop, you guys, you know, it's just it just happens. Um, she would wipe up the poop real quick so that it wasn't hanging out there. And one of the transformer owls really did not like the poop rag and every time she would come and kind of sweep up somebody's poop, it would get really big and really crabby and put its head down and have its wings puff out. Um, And then Chris was standing there taking a photo of, of one of the, what must have been one of the brothers of the transformer owls and it shrunk into the tiniest little stick. And we asked her, we said, what? what's happening and she's just like oh he's afraid of the camera and then we felt bad. Yeah. And we were like oh, sorry. But there was one there that was only 50 days old it was massive it was kind of a fluffy looking thing. And he was
1: a brother of another one.
0: He was a brother of another one and he was doing that thing that owls do where they kind of shake their heads around in a circle. They kind of like
1: wobble around and like
0: yeah their necks their necks kind of like I don't even know what that gyrate gyrate <laughs> yeah so it was so weird to see them all close their eyes when they got pet on the top of the head and you know you could see that the girl that was there really enjoyed being there so at the end we were sitting there for so long and the girl was just like this one's name is beak <laughs> and i was like what beak <laughs> and i thought that was the funniest thing i've ever heard in my life and it was the big the huge orange one but the, the biggest one the on biggest the end one's name is beak His name was Beak. And then I said, what? Who's this one? And then I pointed at this other one that had one of the great horned owls. And then she's like, uh, Bush. And I went, Bush? (laughs) (laughs) I started laughing. So I was like, what? And then I asked uh, about the white barn owl. And she said, oh, his name is White. And I was like, "Oh, yeah, that makes sense." And I didn't laugh at that one. <laughs> and I thought, "Oh yeah, of course." And so I, And then we, we said, "Thank you." and um, we, we started to, to leave, and then I said, "You know what? I'm still interested in the names of these, because we couldn't read any of them. you know, I'm sure they had their names on there. So I went back to the one with the black, black eyes. And I said, "Who's that?" And then she's like, she's like, "That one's milky." And I went, "Oh." And I looked at him again, and he was, like, a brown.
1: He's brown with
0: the black eyes. Brown with black eyes. And I went, oh, yeah, okay, <laughs> arigato. And then, I, and then I left. It was crazy. It was super crazy. So Chris and I walked a little bit. Um, we found a couple cool things to buy and um, grabbed a lot of street food. We've been doing a lot of that lately. And it was getting late, and we were near, um, actually near Japan's um, version, or Kobe's version of Chinatown. And we've heard that that was a lot of fun. But even though we were blo- like a block away, we realized it was maybe 5 o'clock. And we were running out of time, really, um, before it got dark. So we ended up uh, taking a subway all the way up to the top of the mountain. So Kobe is is located right on the edge of both the ocean and the mountains. And so as you look over to one side, you can see these really great, like, foliage-covered mountains. And... Um, you know, on the other side, I guess depending on how close you are, you can probably see the sea. But we took a train as far up the mountain as we could got off at a station and looked at our guidebook and we said, You know what? I think there's a waterfall around here. And so far, our last couple days have been going around the city. So we ended up um, trying to beat the sunset And walking up this kind of steep road all the way up to an area that looked like it was, I don't know, some houses and apartment buildings nestled into the side of the mountain. And it was less dense than down at the bottom where there were stores and shops and everything. And this was really truly just residential. So people had their motorcycles parked against like railed um, fences that overlooked this um, kind of trickling stream of Mountain like water that just, uh, you know, kind of pooled and then was trying to make its way down the mountain. And so there's a really neat sound up there because it was very quiet and you could hear all the water rushing down this kind of cobblestone like ravine thing that was man made. Uh, all the walls were reinforced with like kind of lattice shaped bricks. Um, and then, again, there's so many bicycles here and so many different kinds of, of, like, motorbikes and things like that. And so we walked up there and we saw some kids that must have just gotten out of school, kind of run down the hill. And we had our compass out and we were trying to figure out where exactly this waterfall was. So it's funny, Google Maps only works so wonderfully um, when you have a free data plan. And also <laughs> when you um, know what you're doing... But of course, as we look some stuff up, some of our stuff is completely in Japanese, so it doesn't make a lot of sense to us anyway. So we ended up getting to the very top of a very steep drive, and all of a sudden we saw, what is that? It's like like a gateway.
1: It's one of those very traditional Japanese gates that you see that's like two columns and then
0: like a bar on the top two
1: bars at the top yeah
0: yeah and it it had some really great carvings in it and we said what and we said maybe maybe this is a waterfall so we walked through it and we found a huge temple at the top across from a very like pristine looking um cemetery and behind that of course were the mountains and this huge like uh temple area had multiple buildings and like kind of a nice stone walkway. We walked up the stairs and by now it was getting very dark and so we were the only people there. We weren't really sure if we were supposed to be there but we slowly walked up the steps and took a look around and man is it just beautiful up there. It's just tons of really like green green trees and there's moss kind of growing off the bark of you know some of the the trees as well and then um, stones are very manicured and everything looks very very old um and as we were up there we kind of walked to the end of a path and realized it was a dead end and then um couldn't find the waterfall so we turned back around and as we were going back down the hill we saw a road off to the left and we said maybe that's it and of course we don't have anything better to do so it was by now dark and so we walked up the super steep hill um
1: so the road that went off turned into a pedestrian only road and then it was like a super or no it wasn't no you're still on the road road
0: Yeah but it, it was it was a kind of a winding almost switchbacks you And know? in
1: Japan most of the roads especially in these rural er- or not rural areas but off the main downtown Osaka or something
0: off the grid or
1: whatever yeah, are pretty much one car lane wide and then they have a tiny strip to walk on. And if another car comes, somebody's going to have to pull off the road um, pretty much. And if a car comes, you also have to watch out not to get hit because you're basically walking up in the road.
0: So as you're walking up this super steep hill, I got the great idea that now that nobody's watching, I can eat all the street food that I I bought. So I pull out this weird sandwich and I'm, I'm breathing heavy and one of my nostrils doesn't work because it's weird. And I'm trying to eat this thing that I think is like an egg sandwich. I don't even know. It was like a triangle, two pieces of white bread with like a bunch of wet egg something in it. Polished that off.
1: Yeah, it's like if you took a made a sandwich and then fried an egg and then set the sandwich in it or something.
0: Yeah, except for it was like more of like a mush on the inside. Maybe with some cheese. Or we something? also bought a
1: steam bun that, but but we didn't. We we're too afraid to eat it because you're not supposed to eat on the street. So by now it was a wet, just a wet blob. Blob. Yeah.
0: We ate that. We ate that fast, trying to, and it was really awkward. I th- I think if anybody would have seen us, they would have thought it was extra gross because you we were breathing heavy and like half breathing out of your mouth because you can't breathe anyway, eating a weird wet steam bun, have and I so live it up. Yeah, and so we got um. Pretty up there and we saw like a tiny road off to the left where you couldn't drive cars up, but it was a paved road and by now it's pitch black. And we've eaten all of our steam buns. And there's nobody else around. And we decided to take this very secluded, tiny little path up through the mountains. And um, Mike and Ruth had told us and those are the people we're staying with, they had told us that at night the boars come down from the mountains and try and look for trash and they like, I was like, boars, what? And I don't remember if I talked about this before, but the boars, they said, are like, they're big. They're really big. They're like dogs. They're like giant fat dogs They're huge, big dogs. And so they're rooting around trying to find things to eat. And so here I am in pitch black darkness, walking up the mountain, trying to find a waterfall. Having just eaten a steam bun They'd probably stink really bad Or something like that And I'm thinking a boar is going to come out of the woods now And get us And so Chris and I are are walking around Plus Chris's shoes falling off for no reason So So That's fun So he's not going to be able to outrun it
1: I told you to Take all the food bags that you were carrying and put them in one hand and be ready to throw them.
0: But I also have some treats in there that I bought at, like, That's a stationary That's why I was saying resort. you
1: needed to switch it up and make it so all the food was ready to
0: be ditched. I had eaten most of it by now. Okay. But still, we made it up this giant thing, and we got to the very top of this pathway, and we see, like, a really ancient-looking cobblestone stair. And we walk down a couple stairs, and it turns into sort of a a pathway that leads up and by now we can hear the water rushing from the waterfall um and we don't know where it is but we can hear it we're just like probably steps away from it so we walk up um a series of stairs and Chris goes Lindsay and I look up and there's what looks like a weird shrine at the very top of the staircase and our eyes haven't adjusted yet so you can't really see in it but it looks like people had set weird little things in there there's kind of like a makeshift roof on it and i was like well that's creepy and then over to my right i could see the white water of the waterfall and you could hear it through the trees mm-hmm. and we stopped there for a second and chris took some photos and i kind of just sat there and there's a little bench I um, went and I sat down on the bench and sort of had, like, a contemplative moment. And all the while, I couldn't help but think of it, but I had heard a story that back in the day, um, two 2 star-crossed lovers had committed suicide in a in a random area just like this, and I couldn't help but think about that story the whole time we were up there by that creepy shrine, and I was just waiting for a ghost to pop out somewhere, or maybe two ghosts even, you know? and it was a little too eerie i was trying to have like a like a moment you know yeah But all i could think about was ghosts or falling to my death because we were on like a like the edge of a precipice in the dark
1: yeah we were sitting on a bench that was about three feet from a
0: like a hundred foot drop oh
1: a f- really big drop and there was no um no guardrail no guardrails or anything yeah
0: yeah cuz why do you need that when you're in a nice wooded pristine I don't
1: know I feel like they would have but I don't well, know it seemed to be there was a path leading there and it was a paved kind of s- stone area where the bench was so you'd think they would put a guardrail but whatever well,
0: well maybe people aren't usually that dumb to walk up there in the middle of the night but we had a um, had a nice time there and then ended up deciding to leave, um, head back down. So we ended up uh, kind of calling it a night there.
1: Well, it was scary on the way down. It it's was scary a- the whole time. It was very creepy.
0: was super creepy. These
1: buildings were ancient. Not ancient, but they were very old buildings. And they were, I mean, they're just like stacked on top of each other in a very, almost like, haphazard manner where they're just building wherever they possibly can so there's no like real rhyme or reason or grid to it it's just kind of stacks and stacks of building with
0: wires everywhere
1: everywhere and weird fences and weird places and all sorts of stuff and this is and the mountain's really steep so these are just like precariously balanced everywhere also we had just heard about a whole area like that that had um, slid down the mountain in a previous earthquake that happened um, so for sure it was haunted. And then, and we were just in the pitch black in the woods, kind of, and then walking through these houses where clearly lots of people lived, because they were big houses and apartment building type kind of things.
0: But no lights were on.
1: But no lights were on, and there was, we didn't see a single person.
0: No, but as we were walking down one Which of the switchbacks. Which is strange in Japan. Yeah, we were walking down this super steep road, trying to get back and forth in the switchbacks, and. We look to our right, and then in this old, like, kind of concrete or stucco building, it's probably four or five stories tall with a bunch of wires on it and everything.
1: And all frosted windows as well. Frosted
0: windows, like industrial factory-looking windows. We see someone in there with a flashlight, shining it back and forth in a completely pitch black But it was frosted,
1: so it was kind of just like a weird blob of light that was moving around. And every once in a while, you could see it become, like, pointed and directional. But for the most part, it was, like, just a flashlight kind of, like, blobbing around.
0: The only thing I can think of the entire time that we're sitting here is that...
1: Ghost Adventures?
0: No, I was thinking about Silent Hill. I was thinking about the oh, fact yeah. that the that the mist was going to show up, and then all of a sudden we were going to have to... Or what's that one game with the guy that looks at his coffee?
1: Deadly Premonition.
0: Is that what it's called?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it, and he's he's, like... <laughs>
1: he's talking to his coffee. He talks
0: to his coffee and then again he has he has like backwards moving people that walk at him. Yep. Yeah, that. Is also what I was thinking about the whole time that we're walking down there. So it was just too weird. Um and so we raced down the rest of it. We got back to the train station, ended up having a, a dinner in a tiny little place connected to the to the subway station and um it was really interesting. I think we might go back tomorrow. I'm not really sure. But we're going to call it a night a little bit early tonight and go back and just be, be, I guess. Happy White Day, Chris.
1: Happy White Day, everyone.
0: Thanks again for listening to Japan Diaries Part 1. We've got Part 2 coming up for you. So where can people find us, Chris?
1: You can email us at podcast at lightgreyartlab.com. Like you can find us on Twitter, we're at Light like Gray Art Lab. You can like us on Facebook and find out about upcoming shows, events, game nights, all that stuff there. You can follow us on Tumblr, we're lightgrayartgallery.tumblr.com to see um, artwork from the show, reblog works in progress, and lots of other fun stuff there. You can follow us on Instagram, Light Art Lab. You can also subscribe to this show on the iTunes Music Store or stream it directly on Stitcher Radio.
0: And don't forget to come to the Botanica Show this Friday, April 15th from 7 to 10 p.m. We're really looking forward to seeing you guys and definitely have a lot of awesome artwork to show you. So uh, thanks again, and we'll talk with you soon.